Greetings, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Decision Hour. I am Adam Bird, your host, and I'm back and pumped. I'm super pumped about this next guest. He's no stranger to the show. He's been on the show before. He is a special forces veteran turned author. Uh, you probably already know who I'm talking about. He's he's uh, a, a brother in arms, uh, somebody I consider a very, very close, close friend. Uh, he's been part of the HMG family for many, many years. And I'm bringing him back because he's doing something new. Something new, um, not only for, for us as a country, as a republic, as a whole, but uh, something that's important that I think everybody from across the globe can definitely learn from. So without further ado, my brother, Robert Patrick Lewis. Rob, how you doing, brother? Hey, brother. Doing great. Thanks for having me on, and uh, good to get to talk to the HMG family again. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Listen, man, you've been uh, you've been busy, so let's dive into this, man. Um, yeah. What uh, what's this new adventure that you're on? Uh, it's a product of the crazy times that we live in. Okay. Uh, I started a group called First Amendment Praetorian. It's a nonprofit uh, made up of military, law enforcement, and intelligence community veterans, both male and female. And we provide pro bono security and intelligence services to patriotic religious events. So. You know, a lot of if you have a big event that's got Fortune 500 company sponsors, they can afford everything in the world. But there's a lot of grassroots events uh, that just can't. They just can't really afford the kind of money it costs to have a real legitimate, not just security boots on the on the ground team, but also intelligence team that can search, you know, encrypted web forums and the dark web and social media and everything else to see if there's a threat against the organizers and against the event, the people that are attending. And just with as crazy as things we're starting to get last year, uh, with everything becoming political and then violence starting to get injected into the political realm, I just, I saw what was going on. I knew that somebody had to step up, right? Like right. just the, the people that are supposed to be protecting Americans from that kind of stuff weren't. And uh, I knew somebody had to. And so I started reaching out to people and uh, put together a team and it grew and grew and grew. And, you know, what started off being, uh, a, a group that was going to make sure one event was safe, a, a two-day event in D.C. by the walkaway campaign called the uh, Unsilent Majority March on Washington, became a group that, you know, before we knew it, we were getting called for shows every weekend. Some weekends we were doing three different events across multiple states. Just there's more need than I even realized. And you're no stranger to this type of work. I mean, you, you have a, a special forces background, so you're you, – have kind of that 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 know-how of, of protection uh, to say, but why for the listeners? Why why now? You talked a little bit about how crazy the political side of it is. I mean, how bad is it out there, really? I mean, because I I think that we've become such a lazy society that everybody kind of turns a blind eye. And you're obviously you're providing intelligence for for even grassroots uh, events. That's not something most people would even think of. Like, hey, maybe we need some intel to see if there's any this or that. Most people just like, hey, we're going to put an event together and hope for the best. When you started this, and this is, you know, I was like, this is a great idea. But how how deep into this was this? Just, when you first started this, was it was it just, okay? I got this idea. We're going to run with it, and did it all just kind of fall together or, or did you have an outline of 
what it is that you wanted to provide for these organizations and then who, and then how did you reach out to these organizations and say, Hey, we're, we're here to help. Is, is that kind of how it went or, or kind of walk us through that process? There's been a lot of serendipity and a lot of God's hand in this. Yeah. And uh, it's been exhausting. It just, it is. I mean, I, you know, the good thing about, you know, my prior profession, I was a, a published author, right? Yeah. So authors are well known for being able to make your own hours kind of whenever inspiration hits you is when you actually work. Uh, and the rest of my time is watching spy movies and reading spy books for quote air quotes work. Yeah. Um, do, I mean, 18 to 20 hour days, you know, when we're around an event or multiple events, it's all day, every day. And I've seen it's, it's been, you know, increasing with both the, the people that come into our group and find us the event organizers that reach out and just everything's going on. When we started our group, so our group at the beginning was just going to do this one event in DC. And, you know, by January, we had a PSD team protecting General Flynn, Sidney Powell, and Patrick Byrne. Our intelligence reports were going to the office of the president of the United States of America and being disseminated across different intel agencies. And it's just, it, it, it blows my mind how that trajectory happened and how it happened so quickly. Um, you know, at the beginning, I just, I saw what was going on. I saw a lot of people saw that video of, you know, the 70 year old elderly couple getting attacked, leaving a Trump rally. Right. Yeah. And I feel the first amendment, the first and second amendments are the two things that really quantify the American way of life, right? right. The freedom of speech and the second amendment to protect ourselves against tyranny of government. And I believe, you know, we see, and the UK, Australia, New Zealand, all across the world, people are right now being put in jail for Facebook posts that go against the lockdowns or go against anything that the government dictates. And that is kind of the last line of offense for what truly is uh, American, right? Our ability to speak our mind and our ability to protect that. Right. And whenever I saw people encroaching on it, so I saw that, you know, the couple get attacked just for leaving a Trump rally. That's an expression of your First Amendment right, right? Freedom of speech and assembly, freedom of religion. It's, it's an expression of that. And so that a fact that I saw these groups attacking people at multiple campaign rallies really worried me, not just for the physical safety of those people, but for the greater overall fabric of our society, right? That, that, so, that such of an important American right was being attacked. Right. And so at the beginning, I started reaching out to friends from special operations community just saying, hey, you know, these Trump rallies, I see people are getting attacked. This is really worrisome. Who would get together with me? to go to rallies and we'll just protect people. We'll just, you know, say they have secret service inside, they have private security inside, but there was nobody protecting people outside. There was nobody protecting people going from their car to the front door, the people that we all saw camp out for three to five days just to get inside. Nobody was protecting them. A lot of them, local law enforcement was against those events being there. And so I just started reaching out to friends, hey, who would go with me and do this? I got a, you know, a group that I thought was big enough and then COVID hit. And everything went inside. And so a couple of maybe a couple of months later, you know, I, it had always nagged in the back of my mind that we weren't able to really help these people that, that needed some help. Uh, a friend of mine, Tracy Beans, was on the Walkaway campaign, campaign uh, the Walkaway Foundation board. And she started talking about this event that they were doing, a two-day event in D.C. called the Unsilent Majority March on Washington. Mm. And I reached out to her and said, hey, you know, things are pretty crazy right now. I hope to God you guys have great security. And she said, well, uh, we want you. We need you. <laughs> we, we understand that, but we need your help. And so I had these people I already reached out to. Right. Uh, my time as a military contractor, I have access to these different 
uh, groups of tier one and tier two special operations military contractors. I reached out to them, reached out to some special operations Facebook books groups, and we got a healthy amount of people, but I still felt we needed more. So I put out a YouTube video just saying, hey, here's who we are. Here's what we want to do. If you're a military law enforcement or intel community veteran and you support this and you want to take part, reach out to me. We started a vetting process. we got a, a team of private investigators that are on our team. So anybody that comes in, we have a vetting process that takes anywhere from a week to a month. And we got a very sizable group. And the thing that surprised me was the level of intel professionals, CIA, uh, DEA, FBI, uh, NSA, DIA, that came into the group. And so when I saw that and kind of understanding how everything was going on, I started putting them to work, you know, trying to figure out what actually is the threat overall, what's the national footprint, but then also for every event that we're going to do, you know, that's part of my, what I feel my responsibility is. I, I, I asked our men and women to come in and help us and put themselves in, in, in harm's way right. intentionally. So it's, it's my job to ensure that even though they're going into harm's way, we don't have any undue harm. We're not walking in blind. We know what they're going to go into. We know, you know, like smaller events, how many people do we need? 10 bigger events? Is this going to be 50? Should it be 70? Like how many people do we need at this event? And so that's a big part of our intel is just really helping people understand what's going on around the country, where is the threat, and then individually for each event, what do we need to be prepared for this? And, and you guys aren't walking around like with with I mean, are you guys walking around with like you know like jackets with like security or something on the back? I mean, people don't really know that you guys are are there. You kind of are. You, I'm assuming you guys blend in. Let me let me ask this, Rob. How bad is it out there right now? It's it pretty bad and the deep the deeper you dig the worse you realize it is right one of the things that so it's cla- crawling down that rabbit hole and really finding out like what's going on and, and what was the phrase that they use woke i, I believe yeah. it was, was was people are starting to wake up and seeing what's going on right yeah yeah and so one of the big things that i really try to stress to people a lot of people, myself included, get really angry when they hear politicians or the media or the director of the FBI say Antifa is just an idea, right? Antifa is nothing more than an idea. They are half right, right? But they're telling a half truth to kind of conceal the greater narrative, right? So the thing about Antifa, BLM, all these different subversive groups, there are really thousands of what are called affinity groups that are all, you know, uh, Smash Fash, Occupy DC, you know, they're all these sunshine movement. There are all these subversive groups that have been in our nation for decades, right? A lot of them get funding through money laundering that goes, you know, from government appropriations through a NGO or some other group. And it gets moved through a lot of different pipelines until it comes to these groups and helps fund them. Some of them are funded directly from the government, thanks to Obama. And you have all these different affinity groups that all communicate to each other. They all work together. There are leaders of these groups that are members of all these different groups. Everybody... I hope everybody has seen that interview with Patrice Cullors, co-founder of BLM, where she said, we're trained Marxists, yes. right? And that's yeah. what that is. These are all Marxist subversive groups that are, try to use anarchy and chaos to establish their political ends, which is communist takeover of the United States. Everybody kind of, it's become the popular lexicon that they're trying to move the U.S. into socialism. Even Karl Marx called socialism the first step on the two-step path to communism. That's what socialism is. It is a step in the path of communism. It's how you start to mold a society from capitalist to socialist to communist. There is no just socialist country. They're all on the path to communism. 
And that's what a lot of these groups are there to do. And they have major funding. You know, everybody knows about the billions of dollars that BLM raised. And they're very outwardly a, a Marxist group that are on their own website said that one of their goals was to destroy the nuclear family in the United States. And then people started noticing that. So, of course, they took it off our website. But there are plenty of screenshots that are out there. Rob, why are, just, so, why are so many people wanting to destroy the United States if this is supposed to be the land of the free and everybody's fleeing to come here? So there's a couple of different things. A lot. I saw a study that found a large portion of these Antifa kids where, you know, of course, everybody knows they're they're nearly all white. A lot of them are the children of academics and intellectuals and, you know, university professors and teachers and things like that. A lot of it comes from these people who, you know, there's kind of this old way of thinking that if uh, a person doesn't have any real adversity in their life, they've got to create something. They've got to create a bad guy. They've got to create something to fight against. It's just part of human nature. We want good and bad. We want something to fight against. So if you've had a really cushy life, right? Like a lot of these university professors have never made anything. They've never had to work in the real world, right? They're, you know, once you're a tenured professor, it's, it's next to impossible to be fired. And, you know, a lot of academics, government employees, it's all the same thing. Once you're in, you're in forever. And, you know, there's certain ones that think that they don't get paid nearly enough. There's certain hedge fund managers and hedge fund kids that fund a lot of these groups. Uh, they feel that they made their money too easily. And so that is a sign of, you know, the dangers of capitalism. And so they're creating an enemy. And some of them, honestly, the fact that we allowed these types of thinking to overrun our university, our primary education system, uh, that's on us. And that's where a lot of it comes from. You can see this indoctrination with the, uh, the 1618 project that's going through the country right now. Um, that is a huge part of it is where we allowed indoctrination. And it's not only these groups. And that's the scariest thing is when you dig really deep, you find their CCP hands in most of this. There is China funding in a lot of these groups and a lot of these programs that are trying to take over our school system. And it's it's there. And if my group can find it, I know that the other agencies like DHS that are tasked with protecting the homeland can find it. And yet they don't do anything about it. Why is it? There's a great book. Why is that? There's a great book called The Red Thread by Diana West. Okay. And it outlines how the intelligence agencies of the United States, of of the West, of the UK, of the US, have been infiltrated by communists. And this is not just a pejorative, oh, people who don't agree with me are are communists. She actually outlines the communist backgrounds of James Comey, of Clapper, of John Brennan, of um, people over there in the UK that are running the intel agencies in the UK. It has been, it's been a marathon. It's been a long time coming, but it's something they've been working on for a long time. I believe, just from what I've seen, that the communism started infiltrating our media back around the Vietnam War. If you remember, it was the, <clears throat> the media that turned the nation against the soldiers and turned the nation against the war. Yep. Uh, I believe that's when it started. And we just never had a house cleaning. And we allowed these people to get to such high levels that they were running our intelligence agencies. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And the rot the cancer has spread so deep through a lot of our government and even our intel agencies and now our military with all these stand downs and everything else we can see that we're at an existential crisis in our country. These foot soldiers, BLM, Antifa, these people we see on the ground, they're just the subversive wing, right? If you study Marxist takeovers, uh, I did a, a great series of articles called um, History is History Doesn't Always Repeat Itself, But the Darkest Parts Always Do. Yep. And I studied Lenin, Stalin, uh, 
Pol Pot, Mao, um, uh, Castro, and all these major mass murderous dictators that, that brought Marxism into their, into their countries. And they all have the same exact blueprint to tyranny. And one of the main leading things that they do is create these subversive groups to sow chaos. So at some point, these leaders can say, you know, I know that you're all scared. I know there's violence everywhere you look. I can stop it. But the only way I can stop it is if you give me full unadulterated power. Right. And once they get that, it's all over. You vote your way into socialism. You have to shoot your way out. Do you think you, yeah, <laughs> it, it just, I don't know, man. It just seems unreal. You know what I mean? It just, yeah. it just seems unreal that it, that it's happening. Rob, I want to, I want to take a step back here for a second. I'm on, I'm on your website and real quick, why don't you give people that are listening right now, open up another browser, Rob, where can they go? You guys have a website. Um, yeah. Where can they go? Go ahead and give them that. Uh, the website is one a praetorian.com and it's the, you know, Roman spelling. So it's the number one, the letter a praetorian is P R A E T O R I A N. And that's got a lot of our info. It's actually getting a, a facelift in the next month. And um, it's got all of our links. It's where people can join. It's where people can donate. We're a 100% crowdfunded group. Uh, none of us, we're all volunteers, even 18 hours a day. I don't get paid. You know, we all kind of do this because we feel that uh, it's necessary. And uh, so if somebody supports what we do, they can donate right there. Donate there. And we're going to talk about the crowdfunding stuff here in a little bit. But I want, I want to back up here because I'm, I'm looking at the Amendment Praetorian. Where, where did the, why that name? Where, where did the origins of that come from? Is there, is there a story behind that? Is that why you picked the name? Yeah, that it's something that I had tossed around for a while. You know, creative background, author, marketing guy. That the name I feel is very important. And the Praetorian comes from the old Praetorian Guard that protected the Caesar. Right, they were the last line of defense. They were the Secret Service. And we feel the First Amendment right there, like that again, is that quintessential American value, the right to say whatever you want, even if it, even if it makes people mad, even if some people don't agree with it. If speech isn't free for all of us, it's not free for any of us. Right. So we feel that, that that right there is the it's what our Praetorian Guard is protecting. That gives me goosebumps, man, hearing that. <laughs> Well, and it's scary. Like, and that's, I spent, you know, a lot of time watching, I mean, several months when I saw people getting attacked, you know, and reaching out, I, you know, have people from my background that I know that went into intelligence or law enforcement or, you know, all over the place and kept asking me, like, who's doing something, right? What is being done about these people that are just attacking people and, and burning down cities? And, you know, people always say, oh, we got it. We're tracking them. We're all over it. And nothing happened. You know, nobody would do anything. I finally got to the point where I went, okay, if they're not going to do it, then we got to do it. Why, why? Let me ask you this. <clears throat> With all the different agencies that are out there, why isn't something being done? I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way not to, to, so we're not going too far down the rabbit hole, but with everything that has transpired over the last, we'll say, 18 months, why are not, why are our government officials, and our government agencies not being held accountable to what's going on. Yeah, that is probably the most enraging thing, right? Those of us who tracked Spygate mm. know just the absolute corruption that was taking place, the FBI, the CIA, a lot of our government agencies. If you follow the General Flynn case, the judiciary, Very right, you saw it. that essentially nearly courts across the nation, plus the Supreme Court, have said that no American has any standing whatsoever, even if you're a state attorney general to bring an election fraud case. 
really think about that. Like that Supreme Court's entire job is to interpret the Constitution. And that right there goes against the very being of the Constitution, right? If, if you're going to install a president who people believe was not legitimately elected and give Americans no recourse to challenge that in court, what does that tell you, right? And that's where you really get, it's scary, but you begin to believe that a lot of these people have infiltrated the majority of our government systems. This is what Jefferson warned us about. It makes me, so the, I hear you say that, Rob, and then I, I can't help but to think, is it too late for us? Are, are, we, are we so far gone now as, as a country right now that, that it's going to continue down the wrong path? And regardless of, of what we do, is it all for naught or is it, is it just too late? And I'm not, I'm not I trying don't... to sound negative about it, but it's like it's, you can't help but to put that in the back of your head. And you got to ask that question. I would think. I don't think it is, right? And so one of the great things, the last five years gave a lot of Americans a firsthand look at civics in this nation, right? right. So they stopped yeah. teaching civics in school. So a lot of people really have no understanding. When people were watching all these different things going on in our country, they got, they got a really good lesson in what civics is, right? So the United States of America is a representative republic based on a federalist system, okay. states' rights, right? Yeah. Our power is supposed to be at the local level. The people through their elected representatives, but the local level, right? The states are supposed to have the ultimate power. Right. There are a lot of people who got really upset with President Trump because he wouldn't just do, you know, throw down his fist and, and send the National Guard into states that didn't want it, things like that. But that's not the way our system works, right. right? Our system is supposed to be a federalist society. States' rights overpower the federal government. Federal government has a very small number of things they're supposed to do. Now they've encroached over that over a very long time. But if you're watching what hap is happening right now, if you're paying attention, people are starting to understand that. There's a guy uh, named Dan Schultz who started a thing called the Precinct Project. Okay. And I know personally people who have seen what he's saying, and he's having people go and sign up as precinct committeemen at the smallest, at the local level of their party, and go in and take it over from there. And I can tell you, there are states across the country where that's happening, and the establishment is very angry because- it was this, it's this little mechanism in politics that people don't know about and they didn't tell anybody about because they were allowed to control it. Right. And controlling that is worth a lot of money and a lot of power right. if you understand the way our society is supposed to work. And it's happening. People at the, at the grassroots, at the community level, they're starting to take over their school boards. They're starting to take over their executive committeeman positions. They're starting to take over local county state politics. You know, the, the MAGA politicians that we saw lately at the national level, that's a great thing. Right. But really, if you understand how our country works, it's got to be done at the local level. And people are finally waking up and doing that. There's a great saying, if you don't get involved in politics, you'll be ruled by your inferiors. And that's what we've seen. Right. And so now people are getting involved. Did this have to happen to get to where you know we that? are today? A lot of people talk about God's plan. Right. And that's one thing that I always warn people is like, hey, man, sometimes God's plan is to let things get really bad before they get fixed. So there's not a, there's not a doubt left in anybody's mind. And that may be where we are. Right. God's plan may have required. Right. We've had multiple great awakenings, religious revivals in this country. We had two major ones. Maybe this is the third where people are really starting to realize, hey, we were asleep at the wheel. These Bad, evil, nefarious characters took over every level of our government, and we cannot allow this to go forward, or we're going to hand off a a, a a very bad situation to our kids. Rob, what the? Well, 
I know what I want to talk about. I want to, I want to go back to the crowdfunding. Pe- people that are listening right now that want to get involved, that want to donate. You, you guys work, like you, you had said, you're, it's an entire volunteer staff Yep. for these events and whatnot. How can they, where can they go to donate? If somebody's listening right now and they want to make a donation, where can they go? So there's a couple of different ways, right? We initially had uh, a crowdfunding uh, program by a group called Classy that did pretty well for us. You know, General Flynn and his brother and, you know, a bunch of high profile people tweeted out links and they did really well and helped us go and help sustain a lot of operations. But when that great social media purge happened back in January, uh, they took away our crowdfunding, right? Mm -hmm. And so we've gone for the last several months without it, but we met this uh, tech entrepreneur in in Denver that uh, put up another crowdfunding platform for us. Your information does not go through Silicon Valley. It's on a protected network. Your info is is very well protected. So if you want to donate that way, you can do a singular donation. You can do a recurring. Uh, We also set up um, Patreon and Cash App. Because, you know, different people have different ways right. uh, that they prefer to donate. And some people, honestly, uh, for, to our P.O. box, I go there and I get physical checks uh, every couple of days from people that just don't trust anything digital. And so they'll, they'll just ship us a, a physical check. That's awesome. That, that, yeah. that is awesome. Yeah, I mean, that, that the outline of support. And I, have to, I send, you know, we have our own private uh, encrypted channel that we can talk on. And so I send pictures because the memo section of these checks, the physical checks that we get are the most patriotic kind of tear jerking things that you see. Cause that's, it ain't easy. You know, like some of our team leaders, man, they do this all day, every day. The Intel team never stops working. They're on a 24 hour cycle where they're going and going. And you put that much work in, you don't really, we don't do it for pay, you know? So when you see that kind of thanks when people come up to us at events and say, thank you for what you're doing, uh, it makes, it makes it all worth it. It's definitely, uh, passion. And I can hear yep. it in, in your voice, and 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 I'm not saying that. I mean, I've I've known you for several years, so it's a little bit different. But but out of everything that you and I have, have seen and been through and whatnot, watching you do this uh, over the last the course of the last several months has has been nothing short of amazing, and the and the team that you have put together uh, for that gives me hope. Uh, so thank you for for what you do, uh, and I say that wholeheartedly because. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm in and out of the DC metro area quite a bit and, and I was just down there last week and it's, 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 it's not even the same anymore. You know, I just, it's, everything's different. And then to see everything on the news, (laughs) getting frustrated with watching the news and, and, and it got to the point where I don't even watch the news. You can't watch, really watch the news anymore because the mainstream media has gotten so bad. It's, it's not, they're not, they're not sharing the news they're 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 doing nothing more than trying to provoke an emotional reaction from people in my opinion. Yep. Rob, what's next for you guys? So, we up to this point, you know, one of the reasons that we brought in people from those groups, military, law enforcement and intel community is people come in with a lot of experience in these types of things that we need to work on, right? right? And so a lot of people came into that because we're crowdfunding, there's always this issue with, you know, how much, what can we afford to do? You know, even some of our members can afford to pay for themselves, the, all their stuff uh, for all of our events that we do. But, you know, a lot of our members are flying across the country. A lot of our events are in D.C. Our group, some of them do, but most of them don't live in D.C., right? right? So there's a lot of travel and food and lodging and all that stuff. 
So up to this point, we've been only allowed to really do events, but I'm trying to build out uh, what we're calling, we're working with another group on a thing called County by County, where we're aligning with constitutional sheriffs around the country, and we're going to form these little resilience groups, right, where our team is starting to develop, we're getting together and training to develop our SOPs and our training doctrine, and we're going to start aligning with these groups around the country and training them, right? So that's People think of special forces and they think of kicking down doors and going after bad guys and all that. That's not really the main part of what special forces does. They do it a lot after 9-11, but a big part of ours is, is aligning with groups that have been oppressed and helping them take back their own power, right? We train them, we give them tools to do it. That's why the motto of U.S. special forces is Deo Presso Liber, to free the oppressed. So that's essentially what we're doing, right? So a lot of people, uh, Meghan Markle, went out on, and did an interview with Oprah a couple of weeks ago and talked about how oppressed she was while she was living in a literal royal palace with a staff of people to cook for her, clean for her, shop for her, do everything. She talked about how oppressed she was. And that's, you know, there are people with major big publisher book deals that talk about how oppressed they are, movie stars with $30 million in the bank that talk about how oppressed they are, NFL players with $12 million a year contracts to talk about how oppressed they are. I'm sorry, but I, I don't, I don't buy that. Right. But but if you look at what oppression really is today in our current society, it's people that see something that they know is wrong. And if they talk out about it, they get banned from social media. It's people that are, you know, alternative media people that are trying to talk about it and their crowdfunding gets, gets disabled. Gab, they're on their, I believe, what, fifth or 12th bank that has just canceled their accounts because they don't agree politically with a free speech platform. How yeah. gross is that, yeah. right? Yeah. We got PayPal, nuked our account before we did a, a single transaction. Classy, nuked us because they don't like people supporting the First Amendment in the United States. And that's just gross. It's, but that's what oppression, that's modern day oppression. It's people big, are getting fired for political views. These big, it's the big tech companies that are coming in here and just oppress it. They're the ones that are causing, because they're in cahoots with with the, that 1% that kind of controls, or it's trying but to control everything, right? Not just tech anymore, right? So a lot mm-hmm. of big banks, right? Bank of America gave a large amount of money to a very outwardly Marxist group, BLM. There are a lot of people that are having their bank accounts, a lot of companies, you know, if they are conservative or if they um, promote any kind of free speech or push the envelope at all, their bank accounts are being disabled. There's stuff with the gun sellers and gun manufacturers that have their bank accounts cut off. It's no longer just tech. So it's a lot of these Fortune 500 companies and it's, System wide. So how do you so you bring up the banks and stuff, and that's really, really scary in itself. You lose. I'd hate to wake up in the morning and, and see the five dollars I got left in my account gone. But it's like, what? What do you do then? How do you, how do you look at it? Do you, you guys? Is that something? Do you guys have a list of people that you trust or, or banks that you guys trust? Is that or, or I mean, you being a financial guy, is there is there something there that people should be looking for um, as opposed to some of these big box? banks so if you start we have the payment presser part payment processor part figured out right so that's good if if anybody out there that's listening uh if you or a friend of yours is being deplatformed from crowdfunding you can reach out to me uh my contact is on the website it's 1a praetorian at protonmail.com uh and we can hook you up with the payment processors the bank part that's a tougher one right uh andrew torba the, the ceo of gab he began going through all this major blacklisting and censorship long before anybody else. So they've had enough time to kind of build their defenses against him. And one of the things that he's saying, and he's trying to bring together people who can do this, 
is that we need an entirely new ecosystem, right? If So this country has always been a center-right country. The majority of this country leans to the right, the vast majority, right? This very, very small minority are very loud, but they're giving an, an overly large megaphone by the media, social media, all these groups to make it seem like there's more of them than there really are. Right. But if you look at the data, if you actually look at legitimate polling and things like that, they are by, they are nowhere near the majority. So if the majority of this country is being ostracized and blacklisted and having their banking shut down, we, what we need is entrepreneurs to get together and create an entirely new ecosystem. Now, I know people that are doing that. They're creating a completely new, undeplatformable internet at every single level, right? So companies can go over there and Google can't shut you down. Cloudflare can't, can't shut you down. They can't shut down your payment. They can't shut down your website. They're creating an, their own ecosystem for people that truly want freedom of speech and they want to be able to do what they want and not be doxxed or deplatformed or whatever. So I know they've got that part that they're working on. It should be up and running relatively soon. Uh, we know that there's a bunch of people coming out with social media sites. 1A Praetorian, we have accounts across all the different social, major social media sites, Cloud Hub, uh, Gab, you know, Twitter, Facebook, everything else. Um, but I know Mike Lindell has a new social media thing that he's coming out with. President Trump's website just went up. Gab is great. Cloud Hub is great. Um, Parler has some issues. Uh, and they're starting to, uh, I don't know, they're starting to do some really weird stuff. So we are staying away from Parler. But there are a lot of really good ones out there. There are more that are coming. Um, but that's, I think that's the key part. That's what, you know, Torba is saying, hey, not just internet. We need a fully baked ecosystem of finance, commerce, internet, everything for people just so that it can't be, that can't be impressed. Once, it can't be deplatformed. Yeah. Well, it seems just, it just seems one-sided right now. Yeah. Rob, I, I got to ask, because you're on the show called The Decision Hour, right? You've gone over a lot of decisions already in this in this particular <laughs> interview. Name a time in your life, feet were on the line, you had to make that decision, man. What is it, and, and what's the atmosphere like? Well, that, I mean, honestly, even in the context of of what we're talking about today, just the decision to go from, boy, am I angry seeing what's going on, to, okay, I'm going to put myself out there, not just reach out to these closed, you know, special operations groups and stuff, but create a YouTube video and put my face out there and put my name, right? So our group, we keep everybody anonymous except me. I am the face of the group, right? I doxed myself so they can't dox us. We did, you know, we did an event for the Let Us Worship event in DC, 40,000 Christians in Washington, DC at the end of last year. And they went in they had uh, Antifa sympathizers in the uh, city offices there that pulled the permits and doxed all of our, you know, my name and another security company's name to put us out there and try and call us, you know, uh, people that were supporting a super spreader event, something stupid like that. So like knowing that all that would come, knowing that we would have to face blacklisting, censorship, you know, destroyed engagement, de-platforming uh, de and all that good stuff, would it be worth it? you know, to take kind of the, the BS that I knew they'd throw at me. And that's, I mean, it's a decision that anybody's got to make, right? Is the juice worth, worth the squeeze, right? Right. I know the political environment we're in right now, and I know what they're going to try to throw at me. Is it worth it to do this, right? That's a major decision. And that's the thing that you really got to understand. I was a first battalion, 10 special forces group. And our challenge coin that I always carry in my pocket has a great quote from the Bible. Who will go send me? If not me, then who? If not now, then when? Right. And we're at that point, man. 
I mean, we're at that point, right? It's, it's, it's scary. And a lot of people can look up, you know, you're going to be called a racist and misogynist and, and is, 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 is for speaking up or pushing back or trying to catalyze people to stand up for what's right. But if nobody does, then it's, it's over. Somebody asked him. It's time to make a stand, folks. Rob, as always, brother, appreciate you taking time, coming onto the show, and explaining uh, this to us, the movement, dare I say. And I think uh, we're going to have Rob's information uh, out there. Again, if you're listening to the uh, show right now, you're already online. Open up another browser. Go to 1apretorian.com. That's P-R-A-E-T-O-R-I-A-N. Dot com. Brother, thank you. Hey, thank you, brother. Folks, that's all the time that we have uh, again. And make sure you check out our parent network, heroesmediagroup.com. Uh, and until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.